I've been talking to you about this, this subject of being uncertain. And uh, again, I know every one of us have found ourselves in those places. And maybe there are probably people today, there's certain, probably everybody in the room, you've got something that you probably would say, you know, I'm not sure on. I'm not positive. And uh, again, I know that uh, we, we sometimes we can put on a happy face. You know, we can pretend, but the reality is, is everybody here has probably been shaken somehow. You know, you, you can say, well, my faith is just unshakable. And I hope you, I hope you mean that. And I hope that's true, but there's something that'll come knocking on your door that'll cause you to have questions. And, uh, that's a reality for every one of us. Every one of us that even, you know, that are, that are people that, that are professional Christians. We get paid to be saved. Amen. Uh, I got another pastor in the room, pastor at, at the well. Is that the name of the church? At the well in Seneca, Dana's parents. Good to have them with us. But it, all of you, there's several of you that serve and minister in different capacities. And, uh, but again, all of us have times where we, you know, we want to, we want to we stay steadfast. And we do we, as best we can, best we know. But still we deal with uncertainties. And uh, that's true in many different phases, areas of life. And I, I just want you to with me. Just to be able to see that we can, we can find ourselves in the place of uncertainty and it's like a refiner in our life. Uh, the psalmist said it's like a wash pot. My enemies have become a wash pot in my life that kind of cleanse and refine us. Uh, and, and I just believe that, that in that, that we don't have to just live with a sense of just faking it all the time. I've said it over and over again in this series. You can fake it till you make it. But you don't have to. Uh, you can just, just be real and say, you know what, there's some things I've got questions about. And uh, right now there's so much going on around us. Uh, I just want you to know that, that what I, I've shared over and over again a few weeks ago on Sunday morning before I came into the service on the morning that I shared this message first, God just said to me, he said, I, I will implant a faith in their life. And for me, that don't exactly always line up because I know faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, right? But, but I know that that sometimes, again, is process, that the word of God, you meditate on it both day and night. You become like a tree planted by the water. Amen. That's what the word says, you know, that we find the word of God as the meditation of our heart. And, and in that, our faith grows. We become stronger in, in, in our trust, our faith, our acknowledgement, dependence on him. Uh, but, but I'm just saying that with that, we know that, that even then, that even though God has promised us to drop a seed of his word in our life, that our faith may strengthen, that we may flourish, that, that even then our faith is tested sometimes. James 1 says that our faith is tested to produce something greater in our life. So, so we joined together this morning and I want to turn in our Bibles to the Luke chapter one. Again, Luke chapter 1, very familiar passage, part of the Christmas story. And I told you last week, this is actually an origin. This is where I started into this whole series on being uncertain. This is kind of where we started out. And then I, I kind of backed into some things with John the Baptist. And uh, we pick up today kind of where I started in Luke chapter 1. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a rather lengthy chapter so I'm going to kind of skip through it if that's all right and pick out some things or pull out some things. That I just believe that God wants us to see this morning 
And uh, I know it's a Christmas story, and again, we're familiar with it, so let's not let it fall on deaf ears, right? Let's make sure that we open our hearts and let our hearts be like good ground that the seed can fall on. So, so as we read through again, I want us to see principally, I just believe there's some things that we can align our lives with that has shown us through this story that some of us have read hundreds of times. Begin with me in verse 5 there, verse 5, and it says there, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. So Zechariah was, uh, was a righteous man. Depending on which version you read now, the, o- the older versions say the word Zacharias. But here in the New Living Translation that I'm reading today, it says Zechariah. It says Zechariah, he, he was married to Elizabeth. He was a righteous man. Uh, jump on down as we get on down to the 11th verse it says that while Zacharias, he was a faithful priest, while Zacharias was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar, and Zacharias was shaken and even overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. Amen. So we go on and uh, find ourselves a little further down that uh, this word has come. And uh, verse 17 says that this, this baby, he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. Uh, he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Who, who, is he, who are we reading about? Who's the, who's the coming child? Somebody, somebody say it. Who is it? John the Baptist. Same one we read about a few weeks ago with questions, right? So he's saying, the angel said, he'll come, he will have the spirit of Elijah. Uh, He'll come and prepare the way of the Lord for the people. Uh, He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. So verse 19, the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, you need to underline this, but now since you didn't believe what I said, you'll be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled in the proper time. So he went out, verse 24. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. And how kind is the Lord, she said. He has taken away the disgrace of my barrenness. Or he's taken away the disgrace of having no children. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a village in Galilee. And it was to a virgin named Mary, and she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. So confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel said to her, told her, for you have found favor with God and you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus 
and he will be very great and be called the son of the most high. And the Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Look, verse 34. So Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen since I'm a virgin? And Mary replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth, she's become pregnant in her old age. And people used to say she was barren, but now she's conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For now, nothing is impossible with God. And Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Verse 39, it says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country to Judea, to the town 40, to the town, I read the verse there, to the town, verse 40, where Zechariah lived and she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth, and at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and, and with a glad cry exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. I'll finish with verse 45. You're blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Hallelujah. It's a lot of reading, isn't it? I just know that in, in our lives, I think that if you, if you look at the story again, it's very familiar, but I want you to with me this morning, I want you just to maybe consider the two main storylines that I pulled from this morning. I, I want you to see in principle the characters here and look at maybe the ways that our lives may line up with, with theirs. I, I, I want you to see that maybe some of the things that you see in the life of of Zacharias and, and the life of Mary are maybe things that maybe you can relate to or somehow in principle give us direction in our lives and our following the Lord. I, I think we can all see together that, that we look at their two lives and, and, and if you were here last week, if you're not, maybe you can go online and all those listening this morning, you can go back and listen to it from last week. But you can know this, that, that very much Mary and Zacharias, their life was very much it was very much like Joseph. And we can see that from what we've read this morning. Number one, we see that, that Mary and Zacharias, just like Joseph, they had a real encounter with God. Look at your neighbor and tell them right now, God wants you to encounter his person, his presence. God wants you to have a personal encounter. I think too many times in the day we're living in, we want to treat God as if he's off in the, somewhere in the distance when the reality is, is God right now personally is interested in where you're at. He wants you to be able to encounter his presence, his power, his person. Secondly, I want you to see this, that like, like Joseph, we said it last week, I think that you could say that, that most definitely that he's in a place that like them, his plans were shaken. How many of you know that maybe Zacharias and Mary, their, their plans are a little bit upside down right now? I mean, here, here's, here's Zacharias. He said, I'm just, I'm an old man. That, that part of my life is over. Maybe I need to encourage somebody in this room this morning to know the things you thought were finished are not yet complete yet. And then the last thing I say is this, that with them, that with them, that like Joseph, they, they find that they've got to, 
they've got to at least comply with what God is saying to them. So, so again, you got to be diligent to cooperate with what God is saying to your life, that you can't just say that you one day, someday, that you had this encounter, that maybe God spoke a word to your life, or maybe he saved you, and you can't just leave it there. you gotta, you got to realize that from there, salvation has began its perfect work in your life. If you're born again, you've had a personal encounter. If you are saved this morning, there's more to it than you maybe shaking a preacher's hand. There's a place in your life that personally God has come to life. The same spirit that, listen, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. And sometimes I just think we just kind of leave our experience out there when we fail to realize that God, just like where they're living, the same thing is true in our lives, that we, we have this place that God has, has, has come to meet us where we are, that, that he's given us instructions, but somewhere we've got to realize that as we receive those instructions, we must comply. We've got to do what he's saying to us to do. Amen. So, so with that, we see, we go back now to the story and we find Zacharias. And again, I want you to see that Zacharias now is at a place that, that he's in doubt. He's at a place that he, uh, I say it this way, he's got a situation. Tell somebody I've been in a situation before. I, I've had those. I mean, have you ever had a real situation? I'm not talking about a situation. I'm talking about serious stuff, a situation where you don't know what's going to happen. And again, you, you got everything in front of you. And I mean, Zacharias is at that place. But again, he's at that place. We see that his life, he's, he's become overwhelmed. Uh, his vision that he's had is just overwhelming. He, he's given this word of promise and he just can't see how. He just don't understand how even, even though all the processes, watch, all the processes are in place. He just don't see how the word of God can ever be true. We're, we're adults in the room, amen? You understand what I'm saying when I talk about the processes are in place. He's married, he's got a wife. So the process is in place. He knows his wife. Can you say amen? I'm just saying, you didn't know it's going to be PG this morning. I'm just saying that he knows his wife, so the process is in place. The only thing is in question is the word that God's trying to get, to, get him to believe. And you've probably been at that place where God showed you something about your life that is so big, that is so overwhelming, that if you're not careful, you'll question what he's trying to show you. I've been there. I've been there many times in ministry. I've been there where God says things to me and, and you begin to question it. I remember God told me this church is supposed to be a regional church. I said, mm, I don't think so. Everything's in question. So I'm just saying that God is up to something in your life that if you're hearing from him, if you're seeing him, then God may be up to something that is overwhelming. It's too, just tell somebody, it's too much for me to handle. I, look, I, I, I want you to see this. Secondly, I think that like Zacharias, I think that, that a lot of times we get at those places where we're slipping in to that doubt. We're, watch, we're on a slippery slope and we're actually moving now toward, uh, toward unbelief. And that usually happens when we're at a place where we've got those words from God, but it's unrealized. I said this from the start. Those unknowns that keep us, 
There's those processes we'll touch on in a minute. But, but again, a lot of times we get in those places where the potential of our life is never realized. How many of you know that God is at work in your life? And if God is at work in your life, then there's a, there's a place that the potential in your life is far beyond maybe what others think of you and maybe even what you think of yourself. See, see, John's at a place that even though all the, listen, all the, all, all the processes are there, he, he just don't see how this can happen since it hadn't already happened. So I just think that, that that place is a place that we find ourselves living at less than. I, I'm just saying that his situation is like ours, that we're living at less than what God had in mind all along. I, I kind of compared it this morning when David sent for, when David sent for, and you'll have to go search this one out. You remember the story of Mephibosheth? Anybody remember that name? Mephibosheth? Y'all remember that story where David sends for King Saul's grandson and and says, is is anybody alive? And they said, yeah, he's at the place of Lodabar. And the place of Lodabar is less than what he was intended. And I'm just saying that maybe you're at a place this morning that you're living less than God intended. Because if you realize that just like Mephibosheth, who was a crippled, he was a crippled grandson of Saul, just like he was invited to the king's table, you may have had some things along the way that have caused you to stumble. You may have had some things that have caused some, 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 can I use the word deformities in your spiritual walk? That maybe you've been tripped up and maybe you've got some things in your life that you maybe just haven't seen it flourish like you thought it would. But I just got news this morning. You have been, you have been invited to the king's table. God still has not forgotten. Don't live less than what God intended for your life. Because again, I think it's when, we, I think it's when we're at those places that it's easy just to kind of throw in the towel. Come on, there's unrealized potential. We've got all these questions around our life. We're living it less than. And then, you know, it's, it's easy for us just to kind of give up. I believe, I believe there are probably m- many people in this room today that maybe you saw God, you've heard God. You know, we've been singing about it this morning. You know, you've heard God that, that there's a place that God wants to speak to you that he cares about you that he loves you but maybe you're at a place because you haven't seen it work the way you thought it should work you've just kind of give up on it you just thrown in the towel you've kind of give up on that ministry you've kind of give up on that place that you served you're just kind of thrown in the towel and you become idle I'm just saying that maybe there's a place in your life that you need to realize that just because it hasn't happened in your appointed time it does not mean that it's not in God's appointed time that there's a season for your life, and even though it may not have happened like you thought it would, and if you've not ever, if you've not ever lived in that, I, I got to make you a promise: you will. You will come to a place that you'll say, "God, I thought you said." I thought this was a possibility. I thought, God, you were going to do this. I thought I was going to have a son, but God, here I am. I'm old, and now nothing has happened like I thought it would. Some of y'all don't know this, you guys with Hope Center today, you don't know this, but years ago I started saying we're going to have a place that God's going to give us, that we're going to see lives recovered, we're going to see lives restored. 
when they called me and told me that the paperwork had gone through in this place that we're buying, when they told me about that, I just began, I broke, I had a Holy Ghost encounter right there, just me and God. Why? Because I saw something that I dreamed about, that I had a vision of many years ago, decades ago. I saw it now becoming a reality. Why? Because I held on to the hope that God was able and I just believe still today, this is just the awakening of the restoring work of God in and through our lives. Watch, Zacharias is at that place. He's at that place. But watch, he's slipping into unbelief. And here's what the angel said. He said, because you did not believe. I'm going to shut you up. Come on, tell somebody close to you, you got to shut your mouth. Come on, I'm, it's, not, it's just being nice. We're just, you know, there are times in your life that, that as you're living this thing out, that you got to realize that silence may be necessary. The Bible says that the angel said to Zacharias, he said, because you didn't believe, you're going to be mute until the baby is born. So in other words, until you can line your words up with my words, you need to be quiet. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying there's many times in our life that maybe we abort the promise of God because we just can't get in line with declaring his promise over our life because it's not like we think it should be. I, I've used this. I remember a young man as a young believer, I praying, God, don't let me backslide. And I'm praying, God, don't let me say things I shouldn't say. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, if you'll, put a, if you'll let me, I'll put a guard at your lips. Yeah. Psalms 141.3 actually is the verse that God gave me that day. He said, I'll put a guard at your lips. And there are times in our life, do you realize that maybe we need to ask God to put a guard at our lips anytime that we're speaking things or declaring things over our lives that is contrary to the word of God. Yeah. I'm just saying that every one of us have room. We're like Zacharias. And God said, listen, if you can't keep your, if you can't keep your doubts out of the way, if you can't keep your unbelief under control, I'll just make sure that you don't declare that thing anymore until it becomes a reality. See, that's some things you've been walking around complaining about and whining about that you just need to sh to be quiet about. You just need to zip it up because you're actually forging your destiny. You're forging your future by the words that you speak. I know people get kind of, you know, kind of get spiritually numb on this thing. I know we just kind of, you know, we kind of become flakes, you know, fruits, nuts, and flakes, granola Christians. And sometimes we don't take it to what it really is. And, and, and we can be silly about it, but you do need to understand that your, your words need to line up with his word. And when your words, when you're declaring things that are not in line with him, I said this last week, when, you, when you're declaring things that are not words of life, they're things of death, you need to make sure that you allow the Holy Spirit to keep you in check. Because look, that's where you get in the place. Again, things are not happening like you think. Isaiah 40, 31 says that they, wait, they that wait on the Lord, they will renew their strength. And again, that's not a word of idleness. But that's a word of high expectation. 
That's where we set in our lives an anticipation that as we serve God, as we look to him, that God is about to break out in our life and do a new thing. And I just encourage you to know that as a reality because any of us are at those places. Any of us can slip into those places that we just don't know if we believe what God has said to us or what he's saying to us. Slipping into unbelief. Again, I said it, I said it, I've said it over and over again. But again, doubt is that place that you question your beliefs. Everybody should have those. If you don't have any questions about the things that you say you believe, then you don't believe enough. Y'all, are, are y'all all right? I said, if you don't have any questions about the things that you believe, you're not believing enough. If you got it all figured out, then faith is no longer in play. If you got all the answers, I'm just saying that there's places in your life where God is trying to stretch you and there has to be places that you believe to such a degree that you have to look around sometimes and say, I, don't, I can't figure it out. I don't know how, but I know what God said. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a place in your life that if you just trust God for what he's spoken over your life, you will have places that you will have questions, you'll have uncertainties, you'll shake your hands and say, I don't know how, but I just know what he said. And because he said so, I'll just choose to keep on believing it regardless of what I feel like or how I, what it looks like. I'm going to choose to believe him. I know he's able to keep me because that's the reality, isn't it? It's when God is able. It's the three Hebrew boys that are getting ready to be tossed into fire that look at the king and say, you know what? I know my God is able. He is able. He's able to deliver us. But even if he chooses not to, we'll go in the fire anyway. He's able. He's able to keep me when I'm tempted. Philippians 3. 1 Corinthians 2. I know he's able to keep that that I've committed to him. I know that God is able. So I just trust him today. And I got to understand that when I move over in that place, that my doubt has turned into unbelief. Look, unbelief is, it's not just questioning what you believe. When you move into unbelief, you have a determination to refuse to believe. That's what, that's what Zacharias, the great man, the righteous man of God is dealing with. He hears the word of God, but he says, that can't happen. I'm old. She's old. It's impossible. We're past that age. I ain't going to say what I just thought, but I'm just saying. But again, the angel said, because you didn't believe what I said, you're going to be silent. Again, I, I know this morning that as we look at these, again, they're familiar passages, but I just want you to see with me where doubt is, is that real struggle, this face that all of us have these uncertainties about life. Uh, unbelief is not the condition that you're called to live in. Uh, un- uh, unbelief is the condition of an unbeliever. D- doubt is the condition. Doubts are, are the conditions that we face uncertainties yes as believers as followers of jesus but see i want you to see this with me now as i kind of change gears and and i'm going to go to that last slide there when zacharias was questioning the promise i've had this question why did mary not why was she not rebuked or 
Why was she not corrected to the degree that Zacharias was? Watch, I think I see something here. I've taught this through the years, but I want you to sit with me. Because Zacharias, he questioned the promise. Here's where Mary is, and here's where a lot of us are. Mary questioned the process. Is that all right? We're adults, right? Zacharias had a wife. The process, the process of conception was there. But with Mary, the process wasn't even there. And the difference in her question, Zacharias questioned God, Mary questioned God, but, but Mary never questioned the word. As a matter of fact, if you look a little later, it says that Mary returned this to the Lord. It said, if you will, said, whatever you said, let it happen in my life. So she didn't have a question as to the promise of God. Only thing she questioned, I wonder if there's anybody in the room this morning that knows what I'm talking about, that you're not necessarily at a place, you're not necessarily at a place that you have the question over your life as to whether God's word is right, whether it's true for your life, but you do have a lot of questions of why you're going through what you're going through. And you can't figure out how you're going to get to what God has told you. Well, then I got news, good news. You're not at a place you're questioning the promise. You're just going through the process. <laughs> I heard a preacher said a long time ago like this. He said, I don't have a problem with A, and I don't have a problem with Z. He said, my problem is L-M-N-O-P. It's the middle, right? And I'm just saying that wherever you are this morning, I think that in the process, as you process through the questionable processes, you can see that when you have that lack of clarity, that you can see in Mary's life, there's some things that may help you through. And like Mary, look, she found, look, she found, look, she, you got to find the right company. I love the fact that Mary's given this word from God. And in that moment, the Bible says her cousin, her relative, Elizabeth, she's already with child in an impossible situation. So she found that in that impossible situation, she needed to make sure she found the right company. I'm talking to somebody right now. I just believe that in our lives sometime when we get into those difficult processes, if we're not careful, we'll hang around the wrong crowd. I need people around me that maybe have been where I'm at. I need people around me. I need some peers in my situation. I just believe there's some people that maybe they're in the same boat, and I need, I need the people that are around me to say, you know what, I'm not giving up. And since I'm not giving up, you don't have to give up either. I just believe that we need to encourage one another even that much more as we see the day that we're living in. I just need people that are like me in faith. I need to make sure Mary ran to Elizabeth. Why? Because Elizabeth was found in a place where the impossible had become possible. I want to look, I want those kind of people. See, if I'm going through processes, I need to look for people who are faithful. What do you mean? I mean, people that they have been through the fire and they come out on the other side. I don't, I don't need, if I'm processing, I don't need you to join in my party of mully grub. 
Ah, oh, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You got it in that place, you kind of, it's a dark place. There's questions all around your life and you're looking around saying, I don't know, I don't know how this is all going to turn out. I, but I'll tell you one thing, if you'll get around some folks who've been in the fire, who've come through the fire and they're on the other side, look, I need people who've been in the fire and know what it's like to come. I don't know about you, but I need some people who've tasted victory in life. These people that always on doubt and unbelief. You know, you're one of them faith guys. Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, what is my choice? Some, I know some people that are on the way to heaven and they choose to live in doubt and unbelief. I don't know about you, but I believe, I want to believe in God and a God that I can trust in. I'm a, I'm a guy that has faith and, believe that, and believes that God's on my side. <laughs> doubt and unbelief, you want them faith, prosperity guys, sure I am. What's the other side of it? You can live in doubt and unbelief, gloom and doom and agony on me. You know, some of you think you're the martyr of God. But Paul said it this way. He said, not many of you shed blood for him. Amen. I just believe that sometimes in life, look, two more things and I'm going to be done. Y'all get ready. Come on. I just believe that in that, again, you got to find in the processes that, that, as well that you find those who've been through, but watch, they still, they're producing. Mary ran to the hills. It says that she ran to the hills and she found Elizabeth. She found somebody that had broken out of their barrenness. You need to find people that may be in your life, in your walk with God, that as you're processing through, yeah, he is that friend that sticks closer than the brother, but I, isn't it good that we can, that God puts skin on some of the people of faith? Isn't it good that sometimes somebody will put their arm around you? Isn't it, isn't it good that sometimes somebody will join hands with you? Isn't it good sometimes people will cry with you and pray with you and, and beg God? I'm just saying there's people in your life that if you'll look around, they, they've been through the fire, but they come out on the other side and they produced anyway. The Bible says Elizabeth said, I have broken out of my disgrace. <laughs> Once was barren, but now I'm bringing forth son because ultimately again there's that place in your life that as you're processing look find you somebody that's producing find somebody that's fruitful look look for people who are active look for people who are serving don't don't hang out with the naysayer who's give up find people of faith that'll join their hearts with yours find somebody that stretch their faith enough that it seems impossible, but they've seen God work it out because you're going to go through a process. You're going to go, th- there are going to be times that you're just not sure. I'm just telling you, I, I wish I could tell you that you're going to have such a great, enormous, supernatural kind of faith that you're never going to have questions, but, but that wouldn't be this faith because you're going to have times in your life that you look around and say, God, why? It's talking to one of the men who was leaving the service this morning. And he said, you know what? This morning I got up and he's had some real health issues lately. He said, I got up and he said, I was, 
I told my wife, I'm not going, can't go. He said, but something got a hold of me. And he said, I got up from where I was and said, I, even though I don't feel like it and even though I don't like how I feel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press on anyway. I'm just saying that maybe in your place of questions and uncertainty, maybe there's a place in your life that you say, you know what, I don't feel like it and I don't know how, but somehow I'm, I'm going to trust God. Because ultimately, look, like Mary, you, you got to know you got to know what's going on in you. <laughs> you got to know who's in you. And, and the reality is that she knew that there was something greater, that she was with child. Look, she knew that she was a virgin more than anybody else knew. But she also knew that she was with, was with I'm just asking you this morning, do you know what God's done in your life more than anybody else? Because there's a place that you come to where that's really what will matter. It won't matter what was said over you or what somebody thought about you. What will matter is what's in you. What did God say to you? And I just believe today's a day that in all your certainties, all your uncertainties, that you, you can look to heaven and say, you know what, I don't know how, but somehow God's going to process me through it all. And Lord, whatever you said, bring it on. Whatever you're doing, bring it on. Because I know the one that started it, he'll finish it. <laughs> he will complete the work he started in my life.